Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Are you ready to talk about death? Because we are. We've got death in the Dark Phoenix trailer, death on the Gifted finale, plus Z and I are going to rank our top five most gut-wrenching Marvel deaths. Marvel TV Weekly starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Ah, yes, indeed, it is Sunday. It is 9 p.m. Pacific time. It must be time for Marvel TV Weekly. I'm Christian Black, joined, as always, by Zia Landerson. Hey, guys! I'm excited to talk about death. For those of you, we all are, those of you watching live in the chat, uh, please join in on YouTube, chat with Zia. She will uh, share your comments. Uh, here on the air, and then also she'll be distracted and typing to you when I'm asking her questions and be like, what? Um, see, this is what I come for, guys. It's not to talk to Christian. No, it's to she, talk to uh, you believe guys. me, nobody's here to talk to me. <laughs> uh, all right, we do have a lot of things to talk about. You know, uh, as most of you probably know at this point, Z and I are also on Marvel Movie News on the Popcorn Talk Network Thursdays at 1 Pacific. And we covered the Dark Phoenix trailer that had been released the night before. What we didn't realize was that apparently Mystique, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, actually dies in the trailer. Now, I've seen so many trailers where somebody, and I'm using air quotes for those of you listening and not watching, dies. And you're like, okay, great. So they made it look like, you know, Jean throws Mystique. It looks like she gets hurt, but she's Mystique. She's fine. Yeah. You never assume that they're going to give away a death in the trailer. Never. And somebody wrote to the three of us afterwards on Twitter and was like, I can't believe you guys didn't talk about it. I'm like, what do you mean? And you dig a little deeper and Simon Kimberg, uh, the director, is like, oh, yeah, no, she dies in the trailer because she dies in the movie. First of all, who kills somebody in the trailer? Who goes around and says that a character, a major character, is going to die? Which... No doubt reignites all the concerns that, uh, oh, this movie is in trouble, so they're going to tell you that she dies to really get people talking about Generate it. Generate buzz. Uh, what do you think, Zia, about the idea, one, that Mystique dies, and two, that is that Kimberg's just blab, blab, blab and telling everybody about it? Look, you know that I like spoilers. I do. No, knowing these things, I get really excited. But I don't like when everyone knows. I like when I have to, like, find out. And I'm like, You like ooh. when you're the only one who's had it spoiled. Of course. <laughs> no, but I like to be like, ooh, oh my god. Like, I like I need to know. But I already didn't even have it in my head that anyone was going to... I mean, not that anyone was going to die. But especially not Mystique. It's just a, it's a weird tactic. I, I don't know how I feel about it. And I don't know how I feel about them talking about it and just giving it away in the beginning of the movie. I think it would be more if they never said anything in the beginning of the movie, you'd be like... <gasps> well, that would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because even if the trailer is exactly the way it was and he doesn't start talking about it, I would be like, oh, I'm legitimately surprised that she dies. Now, obviously, when they did Days of Future Past, they definitely tinkered with the timeline. 
But we all know an older version of Mystique played by Rebecca Romaine, I think Stamos at the time, but mm-hmm. then just plain old Rebecca Romaine. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, all right, well, they're just going to go ahead and kill her. And this movie is set in the 90s. So she wouldn't be alive in 2000, you know, which is the first X-Men movie. So I think that's part of the reason that I just assumed that they were at least going to let us just figure that that timeline eventually came to fruition. But apparently not. And in the real world, this just tells me... uh Jennifer Lawrence had some really big movie she needed to get out. And she's like, yeah, you guys got one week. Do whatever you want. And they're like, okay, we'll kill you. Well, uh, let's be honest. After, yeah. after Apocalypse, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just had to show in this trailer that something will happen in the movie. Yes, uh, something. Yeah. And, you know, look, there's an interesting quote, and this is uh, courtesy of Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Kimberg says the, the thought process was to primarily show that this is a movie unlike any other X-Men movies. A movie where shocking things happen, intense dramatic things happen. People don't just fall off buildings and dust themselves off and walk away. There's a reality to this movie and a consequence to this movie. Um, Honestly, it leads me to believe that other people might die. Yes, and also, especially because, you know, the Fox properties are going to come on home to Disney and then the there'll be some kind of, you know, hard reboot of the X-Men involving, you know, Disney and the MCU. So they're like, with this timeline, we might as well do whatever we want, you know, basically. Yeah. We might as well let Professor X get his hair back. <laughs> you know, the beast could be green and furry. What? See, I'm just coming up with stuff right now. Hulk beast. <clears throat> oh, actually. Right? How great would Hulk right? beast be? Uh, let us know in the chat what you think about the fact that one, Mystique dies, and two, the fact that what is this? This is like uh, just about three months out from this movie, oh. and we all know that she dies now. We we already have opinions in the chat. Please, I think it was Black Magic ninety nine. Away, chat. Tell us, tell us all, everything. Um, Black Magic ninety nine says Jennifer Lawrence wasn't that great as her, anyways. She always seemed like she didn't want to be in the movie. There's not that many movies where I'm like, oh, Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence is so into this. Like, I think Silver Linings Playbook might be the one where I'm like, yeah, she's <laughs> the one around. and only. Yeah, but uh, Gizmo E says this version of Raven was way too heroic and too far from her villainous route uh, routes roots. Uh, so to see her go does not bother me. Yeah, I mean, I think that the 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 choice that they made was that this was sort of a younger version. Uh, they had her, you know, growing up with Charles. And, uh, you know, I was interested in seeing how this Raven became the Rebecca Romaine Raven, who's a lot closer to the comic book version of Raven Darkholm, if you just want me to show off and give you her last name. I just did. Um, uh, what else is uh, happening in the chat before we move along? Um, well, Ivan Soto says, why kill Raven? I wanted to see her and Hank together. Sorry, Ivan. Yeah. Not happening now. Um, he, just, hey, he just wants all the blue people to hang together. I, I know what you're I saying. I get it. And then him and Nightcrawler, they can all start a little Well, she's Nightcrawler's mother, yeah. but let's not, I, I, let's yes. not get bogged down There's, in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Haywood Wong says, Rebecca Romaine was great as Mystique. I agree. She is actually my favorite Mystique. And I do like Jennifer Lawrence. There's nothing against her No, at all. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca was just my yeah. choice of a... That was probably my favorite moment yeah. in First Class when she shapeshifted into Rebecca Romaine because I was like, ha, I get that. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll have a lot more time to talk about this, and we'll yes. revisit this topic Thursday on Marvel Movie News. It's just wanted to tidy it up because people were writing about it. Uh, in a moment, and it's uh, fortuitous that our friend Stephen Lemieux is with us in the booth today because we'll be talking about the season, possibly series finale of The Gifted. But first, Zia has this important message. 
Hey guys! Before we move on to our next topic, we just wanted to see to see to say thank you for making us the SPN of TV Talk. For us to continue to grow, we could use your help. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. Right now, I'll wait. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a five star rating. One through four doesn't work, so just hit five. Don't even worry about the other ones. Um, but no matter where you are, leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. I really do love reading all of your comments. It is awesome and love having you guys in chat. Um, being a part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us, and we truly appreciate you supporting us in doing what we love. Seriously, this is the coolest. And don't forget to tell your friends and keep enjoying our shows because we love it and we enjoy you guys. Yes, we do. Thank you, yeah. Zia. And thank you to everyone who's uh, joining us here. So uh, we do now turn to the, let's see, it was episode 16 of season two. It is entitled Omens, the gifted season two finale. And, you know, I we talked about this last week that the, uh, Matt Nix, the showrunner, has been very upfront that he's not confident in fact, he's almost positive that Fox would not renew it for a third season. So he thinks if there's another season, it would have to be on Hulu or some other, you know, some other outlet like that. Uh, so for all intents and purposes, it could be uh, the the series finale. But I don't know about you, Zia, but uh, the way it ended, I'm like, no, well, now I need to see more. No, I want to see more. Yeah. I didn't even I wasn't even a huge fan. The season had so many ups and downs for me. There were arguably slightly more downs, but there were some really cool aspects to it and characters that I would have loved to have seen. Seeing um, John as Thunderbird was the coolest. I would love to see more of that. I would love to see more of Clarice Blink as Blink because what we saw at the end there, I was like, oh. Right, exactly. Well, let's start off with Thunderbird. No, that's all right. (laughs) I'm getting ahead of myself. We got time. Uh, And yeah, we finally got to see him as Thunderbird. We always knew John Proudstar was Thunderbird. And of course, just... You know, the character introduced in Giant Size X-Men number one was part of the new X-Men, which, you know, was Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, uh, you know, the the whole gang. And uh, it, he was one of them. And then after three issues, they killed him off. <laughs> and uh, the, it sort of uh, was nice for him to get a, a new lease on life, you know, 45 years later on The yeah, Gifted. Yeah, look, I like the character. He's a good character. Yeah. And he had a pretty cool look. So the fact that he finally did this, uh, you know, I, I thought it looked really cool. And I was glad to, you know, see him where he was... Uh, he was out of F's to give because he was convinced that uh, Clarice was dead. And he was just, uh, you know, he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and be a human shield for you, mm-hmm. whatever happens. And uh, there was something very cathartic where he basically takes Agent Turner and beats him with an inch of his life and, you know, basically has a blade like an inch away from his face. Uh, talk about sort of John's whole arc throughout this course of this uh, final episode. I always like John because I kind of feel like he was uh, the voice of reason a lot of the time, which I always appreciate in shows when people are losing their minds. I'm like, oh, all mm-hmm. right. And <laughs> people get all emotional and it turns into a big issue. And I kind of like that John was sort of keeping everyone even. Um, and I just I'm going to say this one more time. He's really pretty. Um, just, well, <laughs> just, just. Hey, you know, it might be uh, real with bun, uh, bullet holes, but uh, he does have his shirt <laughs> off a lot, you know? He does. Yeah. Um, but I also think that he has really cool powers. I, I love the idea that the fact that he's a great tracker. Mm-hmm. I love that. He sort of reminds me of Aragorn, and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. I want to <laughs> see that. Um, <laughs> he I, has the power of zero planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not wrong there. Um, 
and throwing one tomahawk and missing. I was gonna say yeah, I wish that he I, had I, I really used a tomahawk. Was more. just like he probably yeah. hadn't practiced in a while. Uh, Steven, you are uh, part of the Gifted After Show here at After Buzz. Uh, what did you and your panel think of seeing John as Thunderbird finally? We liked it. Tehran, as of course usual, said it was racist as a joke, <laughs> and everyone on the YouTube chat took it seriously, of course. Yeah, that's um, how YouTube works. I thought, are we talking just Thunderbird? We're just going to talk this part right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll move on to the episode as a whole in a second. It's upsetting that it took him 16 episodes to do something. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to see him like actually be his character. I just wish that he would act like a smart human being with the powers that he has instead of just being kind of dumb. <laughs> well, you know, Zia has stressed how pretty he is, so it's it's. I don't know. Or... Maybe I let him get away with too much because he's so good looking. I'm like, it doesn't even matter. That sounds just, about right. Just do what you yeah. want, John. Ivan Soto really hates me, but yeah, I just think that <laughs> I don't. I don't even think he was trying to kill them. I just think there's way more better plans than just jumping out in front of the bullets because he's he like as I said on the after show. It's upsetting that he would think that they wouldn't have higher caliber rounds after they have already interrogated him and shot him with five shotgun rounds. Yeah, Jace, is, Jace is there with the express intention of getting John. Yeah. So that he didn't prepare with better rounds and just let John walk through them all, I just kind of thought that was poor, poor writing. I can see that. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Well, since we're talking about Jace Turner, uh, let's talk about uh, literally the most infu- – there was like a lot of infuriating things in this season, but he was the most infuriating because – so much. Uh, you know, the the minority who joins a hate group, it just – it never added up. And they even – you know, they had the they had the, uh, the African-American kid say to him like, isn't, isn't this just like the Klan? And he's like, no, no, it's different. God, this kid's like, right. It's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's literally a black Klansman. Uh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I thought, uh, you know, we saw him with some doubts uh, in the previous episode. And uh, it didn't take long for him to be like, no, there's a war coming. Uh, you know, Benedict Ryan's like, there's a war coming. He's like, all right, I guess I got to go fight the war. Forget it. I was uh, feeling apprehensive. I thought I saw kids in the tunnel. Um but not surprising, Zia, that John didn't kill him, right? I mean, he's, no, he's I, better than that. No, and I knew he wasn't going to, but I kind of wish he did. He was, to me, he was just such a ridiculous, useless, not a, I guess not a useless character because he was leading, you know. It was very one note, and even when that note didn't make sense, it, he stuck to that note. Yeah, I, I guess. But but you're right, it didn't. And we saw so much um, uh, so much of a fight in between, in between him, but... In, oh my God! What does the matter with me? I don't we know. saw what is so wrong much of an internal fight. Yes, I do. That he was having inside of himself. That he just kept going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But but he really stuck with it the whole time. I kept thinking, no, no, he's going to change his mind. I think no, we no, just needed we just needed Jace to choose a damn side. Yeah, it's like <sighs> it, it's annoying that they're dragging it out so long, and it's annoying that we didn't get any inclination that seven fifteen was like caused by Ryan or something aside from the five years thing with Reva. Yeah, and. What's what's weird to me is that they didn't like end the John Jace thing with either of them more damaged than before. Aside from Jace just getting the crap beaten out of him, like maybe have his hand get cut off, or maybe have him end up in an explosion or something that yeah. John didn't plan to have him end up in. Yeah, that you know John can now blame himself for doing that to Jace and feel bad about it and come to grips with that next season, but also have Jace fueled by the anger of losing his hand or fueled by the anger of his face being like mutilated move forward in that direction. But now it just seems like they're in the same spot. Yeah, and and he, Jace is going to be like, why didn't he kill me? Yeah. But we already had that. 
And he could have gotten one of those cool Misty Knight bionic arms, which, you know, that going forward, that could be something cool. He's like, well, I still hate mutants, but now I got a super strong arm. Uh, yeah, that character. We could call him Strong Arm. Hey. <laughs> and he goes around strong arming everyone. <laughs> he already does that. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Now he's like, now I do it literally. We'll call him Mecha Ted. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, just a disappointing, infuriating character uh, all across the board. Uh, let's, uh, before we talk about the final ending of the show, I do want to talk about a uh, some surprising emotion associated with a big sacrifice that uh, Stephen. You called this last week on the show. I called this eight episodes ago. <laughs> Once Reed started losing control of his power. Yeah, I, I mean, when we were watching the when we were watching the episode at the beginning of the episode, once it started talking about like Reed losing control, we're like, oh, okay, got it. Reva's going to make him lose focus. He's not going to be able to control his powers, and her power will activate his power. Like, beginning of the episode, we're like, oh, okay, this is a, as a panel, we're all talking, we're like, oh, okay, this is going to happen. But literally eight episodes ago. Or whenever it was that he started doing the drug, we're yeah. like, oh, okay, got it. He's going to die. Right. There's no way he doesn't die. And then when this episode started with a flashback, we're like, okay, he's dead. Yeah, I know. Just the, yeah, yeah. I know. I thought, I definitely thought that. Uh, and I also thought that they got an actress that looked like Lauren, but an actor that didn't look like Andy like at all. Also so, like, they did a half good job. Uh, but yeah, and I think. It was fairly apparent, especially, you know, the only person surprised is Caitlin. She's like, what? No, no, you can't. He's like, no, obviously I have to. Right. The only yeah. badass this episode was Caitlin. Yeah, that's true. She was. You're right. Yeah. She's the only one who actually, like, did something. And usually she's the one I like the least because she doesn't do anything. And uh, She but, took out Motorhead. <laughs> that's true. And to be fair... Reed really did do something here, and uh, for the for the first time, really, I think I had come around on the character. And uh, as I, I mean, we talked about this last week how much I hate Reva. It's just her stupid power and the shaking the camera. Yeah, I was just like, you got to come up with a better effect for that. And the fact that he's like, oh yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and disintegrate all over you and blow up the whole uh, top floor. Have fun. Uh, what did you think of the way that that worked out, Zia? Oh, that was great. Um, I do have a. Um, oh yeah, you told me this before. A Go confession ahead. about confess this. to the audience. I confess, so. um, guys, I cried. No, when died. I did. I did. I only do this like once a month, and it just happened to be around this Ew, time. Ew, yuck! Like, <laughs> I didn't say talk about that part. Ugh. I'm just saying it's the only time I cry. Okay, it only happens every once. I it's not even every time. I know we always talk about how you just you're dead inside and you're incapable of crying. Yeah. but I guess that's the one time that you. This can. is the one time. They did a good job. No, they did. They in all did. honesty, they did a really good job in making you care about, yeah. you know, I, from the beginning, the first episode of the show, I was like, this is okay. You have to kill off the parents. But then they actually killed off one of them. And I'm like, well, not that one. I you feel know? like Reed was like, had the more potential for being cool. Yeah. He did. He really did. And I think that we could have seen some cool stuff out of him, especially with the, I would have liked to have seen him be able to actually harness those powers and use them. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. But the way he went, he just knew that it was over. He knew eventually he was going to die, and he wanted to sacrifice himself to save everyone else. Yeah, it's like, if I'm going to die, let me die with a purpose. Exactly. And what a great purpose. Uh, you get rid of a terrible character. Yeah, use, use Reed <laughs> after you disable the kids for some reason. Black, right. <laughs> Black I would have thought... I thought it would have been interesting if Reed was about to die and Lauren and Andy could feel it 
and in yeah. the last moments felt it, connected their hands, and Reed could tap into that power of Fenris for that moment. Yeah, but instead they were like, yeah, go hang out in the scrapyard. We're going to do this without you. So, yeah. uh, Christian, with our, with our huge special effects budget here, I'm going to reenact on your camera Reva's power. <laughs> so you just, have to, you just have to give me a nice B, maybe a low B. Go for it. Wait a minute. You just mean like the... Just, <laughs> yep, like the, just do it. Do it and go. Well, I assume you're shaking because I'm, I'm just shaking gonna... the camera. <laughs> oh my god, you're disabling everything. Uh, I know it's. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you know what? It probably looked just as good as uh, what they did. All right, sorry. Black Magic had a comment. No, he was just saying it's hilarious. Here he goes. Um, you cried over Reed. He was such a boring character. Look, I wasn't a huge fan of him throughout the season. No, but he just died that, with such a good reason. He died with such a good reason, know? and it was really cool watching him disintegrate and disintegrate yeah. her and the whole topic. So I was. It was a spectacular way to go out, but it was just that emotional um, moment that he had between him and his wife, and you could see she was just looking at him like, "I, yeah, I'm lo- this is it, I'm losing you," um, and that let, got me. Let's talk a little bit about Fenris because ever since they introduced the idea of Fenris, I've been very excited because I like those characters as they are in Marvel Comics, and I um, thought that finally somebody pointed out to the the Stepford Cuckoos, aka the Frost Sisters, there's three of you. You're three really powerful telepaths. Why don't you just go ahead and control some minds? Because you clearly can't read them. Because Polaris is hanging around. Andy's hanging around. And they both leave. Polaris is sneaking around. Polaris has a cell phone. Polaris kills... Well, gets... You know, gets Marco to kill somebody. You know, and then... uh, Got somebody else killed. But anyway, and and they're like, all right, let's finally do something. So they actually force them to use their awesome Fenris powers. And I can't say I'm upset that Sentinel Service building got uh, blown up. Of course not. You know, because, I mean, they do bad things to mutants. And it's like, you know, it's like, what about somebody who just works for them? You know, it's what? I'm just following orders. And, you know, I refer anybody to the conversation in the film Clerks about contractors working on the Death Star who were killed when it exploded. You know what you're getting into. If you work for Sentinel Services, you realize that mutant terrorists might melt your building. I think they were trying to change that perception, though, Reed. I, uh, I called you Reed, Christian. Because <laughs> I'm like the dad of this no, show. It's but cool. I mean, yeah. I mean what, they, what they did with the writing that was good was that they drew a human, human humanitarian line between Sentinel Services and normal people that after 7.15 wanted to take part. Right. So what they were saying was that Ray Reed, as a normal person with kids and everything, wanted to be involved because of 715. So he joined Sentinel Services, and then they blew up the building, basically being like, it's normal people who just wanted to do their part in this building that are now dead because of 715. That's yeah. the kind of comparison they were trying to draw, so you felt more for them. Well, uh, I guess uh, this is the time of the month where I'm more like Zia, and uh, I was dead inside. And I was like, all right, I'm okay with that. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, they're, they're fine. I actually thought that they were going to Fenris the building that Reva was in, and I just wanted to see that more than anything. I just wanted to see, like, the tour bus full of kids getting off to tour the building, <laughs> and then, like, the old <laughs> folks' home tour bus, and then six people in hospital beds with leukemia being rolled into the building. Make and us feel something. Yeah. yeah, come on. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that uh, Esme's sisters are uh, alive and well? Because I do. I don't think they're dead. I think that uh, you know we don't see them after. I, agree. I-, I think that they're still alive. They're yeah. just you know a little bit out of commission, and they probably don't like her. A lot of people get a lot of people get faint to heart and fall down when Marcos flashes them. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, by the way, I think that uh, there's a, a very comic book sort of explanation for 
the fact that uh, Reed doesn't necessarily have to be dead, depending on the nature of his power. You know, it's like you have characters who blow up and then they kind of get recut. Like Wolverine has the, his healing factor where, you know, if there's like a nuclear blast, he could actually like reconstitute and Glob reform. back together. Yeah. So um, it'd be cool that if he was like had like a melted face or something, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about the really cool ending from the end of The Gifted, which was where we saw future Blink. And she has like uh. the cool, she's like throwing open the portals and... You know, all you can really see, and then this is the still that we have for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see, like, oh, whatever is on the other side of that portal, yeah, stuff's on fire, it's, like, really bad, it's like Blink of Future Past or something like that. What did you think about that, Zia? Oh, I wanted to see that more than anything. I was yeah. like, dang it, now it's just starting to get good. Yeah. I just, I think that uh, there were so many parts of this season that, to me, felt like kind of a waste. Um, if we'd gotten to see... More stuff like this that'd be so cool. And also, I want to see where she takes them. Yeah. Is that their blink? It seems like it. It it could be because of the whole idea that she could have opened a portal to basically nowhere. Right. But it could also be, this could be a portal from another timeline, another dimension. Dimension? There's so many different explanations. Because she sure didn't feel the need to explain to John, like, yes, sorry, I've been dead. It's actually actually just January 2019, Malibu. <laughs> She's like, look, hey, everything's great here. We, we can just chill we, on the beach, all, guys. We all need to dry out in Malibu for a few weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. So that just makes picked sense. a bad time. What did you uh, What did you think about that ending, Stephen? Uh, I think it's I think it's pretty much confirmed that it's not, and not confirmed by anyone like on the show. But I think just looking at the character, it's pretty confirmed that it's not their blink. Yeah. Like uh, the complete lack of care that it's John, the lack of care that even seeing her old friends again, like yeah. there's nothing. It's just like, Hey, let me use my powers in a completely new way. If they're going to get a season three, I'd say they're going to say that blink died. Their blink died. And she got sucked into another dimension and created the link between those two dimensions that this blink is now using to mm. contact them. Yeah. I mean, in the days of future past movie, Wolverine goes back into his consciousness in the comics. It was Kitty pride. So this could very well be some sort of, you know, blink from a future. That's not even their future. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they ever get to make any more episodes of this show. Ivan Soto says the showrunner said it is our release, which doesn't really make too much sense, but okay. Stardew also says that can't be the real blink. Well, see, here's the thing. It could be their blink from the future, and then they'll have to explain, like, so where did you go exactly? It's like, well, I didn't go to this far in the future. I went a few years in the future. Um, Maybe she went back in time first to stop Dreamer from giving her all the John love. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And that's how she can actually be cool again. I mean, she did. There was one moment where she kind of looks and smiles and, like, nods into the portal. And I thought maybe in that moment she was sort of looking at John like, Hey, but I don't know where she was looking. Yeah. So. Well, I think uh, this could be one of those cliffhangers like uh, the season two of Iron Fist. You know, it's like really cool. And you're just like, I can't wait to see what happens next. We may never see what happens Maybe. next. No, but we'll keep an eye on it. We'll let you know. I mean, look, there'll be an official announcement one way or the other. If Fox doesn't renew it, that doesn't mean that it won't still go on. And, uh, you know, look, shows have also continued on as comic books. So uh, maybe people wouldn't be as excited about that. But I would want to see what's going on and what's planned. So, what's your what's your season three fan fiction, Christian? <sighs> wow, my season three fan fiction is uh, Blink 
just doesn't care uh, about any of them, and she's just using them. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd like to see actual Sentinels, you know, like the Sentinel, like we've seen them in the movies, mm-hmm. but mostly from the comics and the cartoons. And uh, I would like there to be like a Sentinel army on the other side of that. And uh, that's why she needs these guys because like, well, in, in my future, you're all dead. So I had to go come back and get you. Don't get killed again. Uh, so I, don't know, I would like to see a future that is like Days of Future Past, which is in the Days of Future Past comics, you see the Sentinels kill everybody. The cover's like, in this issue, everybody dies, and it's true. They mm-hmm. kill everyone mm-hmm. in Uncanny X-Men 141. Uh, it's just, it's in the future. It's old versions of them. But they still kill them. Um, that's a, uh, it was a good question. What do you, what would you like to see, uh, Zia, in, in a season three, if there is one? I mean, I was already going for mm-hmm. Days of Future Past, yeah. I think, too, just because, yeah. I mean, I saw the, the 90s cartoon when they did that version of Days of Future yeah. Past, and I would really like to see something kind of like that. I think that'd be really cool. Um, and yeah, it was, who is it? One person sur- survived that when everyone dies, right? Isn't it Wolverine? Or am I thinking of a different one? You're thinking of a different one with the illusionist and Wolverine. Yeah, that okay. is, that's actually not the same yeah. thing. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's in that future every everybody dies uh, except Kitty goes back in time to in the comics anyway. Uh, Steven, what would you most like to see in a season three if there is one? I don't want it to be Days of Future Past because already the show has been like, hey, let's take canon and then make it kind of skewed and weird yeah. without being able to mention anything. Yeah. So I'd like to see Genosha of some sort. Oh. That would be cool. I don't really know. A lot of the fans are really wanting Genosha, yeah. which would be really great. Yeah. I, or it's Isengard and she's going <laughs> to go make some orcs. I think we might actually cool. get Genosha in Dark Phoenix. I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah? But I, I think that uh, Magneto might be uh, running a little Genosha in there, but we'll have all to right. see. Uh, all right. Well, so all this death talk, uh, and we only have a little time, but we'll have enough time to run through this. Uh, Z and I wanted to uh, go through our top five most gut-wrenching Marvel deaths. Now, I'm going to go first uh, because I'm sexist. Uh, but I'm going to go first, actually, Thank mostly you. because I'm giving Zia a moment to get to her list. Thank you. Uh, my number five is a number five on the list because uh, it's actually... That's actually my number one that you have there. So uh, my number five is... Yep. Oh, you had it. Hold on. No. Oh. Oh, No. It's uh, it's Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, so this is my number five because of the fact that we know he's not going to stay dead. But still, watching Peter Parker in Infinity War, you know, with the, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good, and then he disintegrates. That was rough to watch, even though I know he's fine because his movie is going to come out two months after, less than. It's going to come out like six weeks after Avengers Endgame. That still didn't mean that it wasn't tough to watch. Uh, so if he really died that way, that would probably be number one. I was hoping it would go on for like twice as long. <laughs> maybe wanted to maybe watch five him. times as long. That he like reconstituted and then also fell apart again, so well, he died just twice. Like come back and yeah. just, oh, I'm, ba- I'm okay. Nope, nope, not okay. <laughs> uh, Zia, what is your number five? My number five is Jack Murdoch. It's uh, Matt Murdoch's dad in uh, Daredevil Season 1. That one was sad just because it was such an emotional scene, and watching um, poor uh, Matt have to go through that was was pretty rough. I mean, you knew it had to happen. I, I like I under I understood why they all have to lose someone. Sure. I mean, it's if it's not Uncle Ben, it's your dad, Jack. Um, but it was still it was that one was 
tough to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, we actually we actually saw it, and uh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, you uh, actually have a lot of uh, TV ones, so good for you. Actually, I think we have about the same number, but yeah, I thought I, I hadn't even good. thought of that one, and uh, I thought that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> for my number four, Stephen mentioned earlier, mentioned Dreamer, and in season one of The Gifted, I didn't love a lot of characters, but that was one that I really liked. Syrup. I liked I liked her. I liked Blink. And, you know, uh, well, that was kind of it. I, I, I liked Polaris eventually. When they introduced her to us and she had black hair, <clears throat> Michael Shirley used to be on the show. And we were outraged. Nobody else cared. But we were very oh upset. Oh, my God. Pretty much. That's, I think, exactly what he said. <laughs> uh, but uh, she stayed dead, too. So that just tells me they hated the actress. Um, but uh, <laughs> in, any, in any case... Uh, I thought it was a cool power and uh, interesting character, but uh, I was in the minority there. Uh, all right, so Zia, you're number four. It was Heimdall and Infinity War. Oh my gosh, you uh, are correct because that was like not even part of the snapping. No, yeah. it was just so sad. I was like, no, that means he can't come back. That means Idris Elba's dead. Yeah. He can't go and be the next James Bond because he's dead now. No, and then that, I'll cry for real. And yeah. So I'm not even going to be also, that time. Also, Loki dies before the snap in that movie. I know, movie. he so, does. Yeah, that, Although, it, I still don't. There's still a possibility yeah, I, that he'll come back. Yeah. I, I, Have but, you guys talked about the whole theory about his left hand and right hand? No. <laughs> no there's like a whole, There's a whole Loki conspiracy of like he uses his left hand in every scene where he's lying or whether it's a projection. Oh. And then he uses his right hand for when he's real. And in that scene, he uses his left hand before he gets killed. I wow. honestly wish I had the time to like watch these things enough where I would pick up on stuff oh like that. Oh, my God, right? Yeah. Um, because I guess that would mean I, I, I didn't have children. But, uh, you know, the trade-off to be able to pick up on stuff like that. That would be interesting. I, I would like to see uh, Loki in Avengers Endgame. Uh, my number three is Fitz from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5. That was uh, not really a good feeling uh, for those of us who were invested. Uh, There he is. It's uh, also because throughout the scene, you didn't have any idea. I mean, I didn't, maybe because I'm a dummy. But uh, I I was (laughs) just... Well, we all know that. Well, yeah. (laughs) And I was just like, wait, no! No, not Fitz! But uh, there's obviously an easy fix where they can have Fitz in season six. But uh, I, I feel like people in the there's going to be people in the chat who are going to agree with me. And if Amy were here, our friend Amy Cassandra Martinez, when this picture went up, she would be like, oh, no. It would make her really sad. Uh, what is your number three? My Zia? number three is actually, I believe, yep, Ghost 8386 had the same one as me, uh, Ben Eric. Yeah. Also from Daredevil season one. Yeah. Uh, no one was safe. He's a great character. He's such a part, good character. Part of Daredevil uh, comic book canon. He also uh, appeared regularly in uh, mostly spectacular Spider-Man. But, you, you know, he worked at the Daily Bugle. Uh, yeah. So you would see him a lot. And when he died, I was like, what are they doing? I know. He, I love this guy. He was one of the only, well, not the, one of the, yeah, one of the only good journalists there that I feel like had real, um. Yeah, because, like, Karen's boss is, like, ready to, like, you know, fold it, and no pun intended, because yeah. it's a newspaper, but, like, on anything. Yeah. He was just like, now I'm out. He had, he had, like, backbone, and he was there to really find out the truth, and it, you know, got him killed, mm-hmm. and it was really sad. Uh, my number two is our lone comic book entry. It is from Uncanny X-Men 137. It is the actual death of Jean Grey. 
which uh, was retconned about five, six years later. And they came up with a good comic book explanation as to why she wasn't dead. They're like, no, actually, the Phoenix was a different entity that just looked like Jean. Jean's body was hidden in a cocoon. It was underneath the Hudson River. Here she is. This is that Jean. She's not the Phoenix, but she's the Jean up until that point. Up until, like, from Uncanny X-Men 101 to 137, she's the Phoenix. And uh, But it's still... Such an amazing ending to a story. It is the way the story needed to end with Jean sacrificing herself for uh, the good of humanity because uh, just two issues earlier, she ate a planet. She literally ate an entire planet because she was hungry. So, um, I, you know, she needed to be stopped, and the only person <laughs> to stop her was Jean because, like, Scott's like, yeah, let me use my little eye beams. It's like, oh, Scott, that's so cute. <laughs> But uh, no, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, trick myself, basically. So that was uh, my number two. It might have been number one if she'd stayed dead. But, but she uh, came back. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, and your number two. My number two was, oh, this one was so hard to watch. I think I actually might have also cried here. Was um, Oh, so it was also like that time. Yeah, it was also that month. time. Okay, yeah, great. when I watched this. That's the only time. I, yeah. Uh, Wolverine and Logan. Yeah, I know. Oh, and he's, my God. He's, and like X-23 is there with him. No, and I can't. That was rough. Uh, it's the way it needed to end. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give an honorable mention to when Charles dies yeah, in this movie. Yeah, somebody else also because, mentioned that in the chat. I mean, you kind of knew he would die because of how old and like crazy mm-hmm. he was. But it was still like, it was upsetting to see it him dead. It was upsetting yeah. to see him that old and yeah. like decrepit basically he I did put, like seeing him swear whoa. that much though yeah, that, that was, was that really was good. actually really fun just yeah. seeing Sir Patrick Stewart but also <laughs> Sir Charles Xavier uh, swearing yeah, yeah that was also Ghost 8386 Professor yeah. X yeah um, my number one if you're a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. you would say but he didn't stay dead but still his death was very important because his death was the rallying cry that brought the Avengers together the death of Phil Coulson in Avengers the movie Yes, exactly. That was really sad. uh, It 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 is one of those ones that it might not need to be number one because the fact that he was back for Agents of Shield it it cheapened it a little bit. But it's comic books. I know it's TV, but it's comic books. It's movies. It's TV. It's superheroes. You know, they can always come up with a reason. It's like, well, this is like a different version of the dead guy. Don't worry, the dead guy stuff really matters. And also, you feel like the people that make the movies are like, yeah, we're not going to count any of that. Well, it also it also is one of those deaths where like people who went and saw the movie, like when it came out, Mm -hmm. you were like, holy crap, yeah, like you didn't think it was coming back because it was so well done. Yeah, and I don't think anyone like who watches them now like can get that experience because they just kind of know. If they're aware of Aries of Sealed at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and, a good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, because, you know, we'd seen him throughout some of the, and that's pretty early in the MCU, but we'd seen him in a bunch of uh, other uh, films and shorts and stuff, and uh, it was a character that we were all starting to like. And, uh, you know, you kind of figured he'd be around forever, like Nick Fury, you know? And then it's like, uh oh. Uh, all right. And then, Zia, your number one is a, is a pretty rough one. Yeah. Uh, you go ahead and say what it is. It was also the comic that you led me, lent me and, yes. um, and the movie, but it's Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, the comic book is Amazing Spider-Man 121. Uh, she dies in pretty much the same way. She's falling, and it's not the fall that kills her. It's Spidey shooting the web and basically uh, snapping Snapping her neck neck. because uh, what he needed to do was create a little web-like hammock to catch Mm -hmm. her. And he's figured that out 
since. Since then. Well, he, but he learned now, he? learned the he? hard way. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, I saw that movie. I, I was... I was lucky enough to go to a press screening, but my wife had to work, oh. so I went with her sister, <laughs> and I don't think her sister knew that much about Gwen Stacy, oh. and so when that happened, she was, <gasps> like, oh. I was just like, oh no, I think she's going to have an asthma attack, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that was so well done, and oh. I know people don't love that movie, but I love both of those movies because I love I love Peter and Gwen together. I do. And they're so good. And it's just so heartbreaking to watch that happen in that movie. They did it so well. And they have her in the outfit that she was wearing in Uncan- uh, sorry, in Amazing Spider-Man 121. She's dressed exactly the same. So when that scene starts, I was like, okay, yeah, so they're going to do that for sure. You know? <laughs> You're like, I wasn't like, sure, yeah, but now they no, see Yeah, there's no accident. So, uh, yeah. Uh, those are... Hits you on the stomach. Those are our... I don't want to say top five deaths, because that's like, yay, death! But uh, these were our five most gut-wrenching deaths uh, mm-hmm. throughout the uh, Marvel verses, the Marvel movie-verse, you know, the MCU, but also TV, and uh, there's only really one from comics. But uh, Can I do an honorable mention? Please do. Yes. Havoc from Apocalypse. Yeah. Kind of just like yeah. a really terrible situation. Everyone in the in the entire building gets saved by the speedster and now nah, he was just too close. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. not not Havoc. And then yeah. Scott's reaction and you're like, damn. Yeah, I mean Havoc's a great character. I mean, you know, he and Polaris are married for years and they uh, you know, they're both great characters in the comics. Uh, neither of them particularly well served uh, on screen. Polaris has never been in a movie. Uh, so, And when she ended up on The Gifted, I'm like, oh, great. So they're just clearly never going to use her. But, uh, yeah, no, Havoc, that's that's a rough one because it was like, oh, he, he didn't need to go. Uh, anyway, we're, uh, we're out of time, but uh, just really quick, if there's anything from the chat that uh, you want to throw in before we wrap everything up. I mean, a lot of people were agreeing with us. Okay. Well, you know. if you're watching the archive version of this or listening to the archive version of this, go ahead and uh, send your messages to us. At uh, you can comment uh, on YouTube or tweet them at me at Christian DMZ. You can find me there and also on Instagram. Zia, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore land. It's X I A underscore land and on Facebook at Zia Landerson. And we will uh, definitely uh, read your comments if you have some uh, deaths. That, look, there's so many. I'm sure we forgot a bunch of. Oh, yeah. uh, Hit yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so make sure thumbs to do that. Do that. Thumbs up. And the uh, we already heard about the five star review. But uh, and don't forget that you can also see Zia and I Thursdays at one p.m. over on the Popcorn Trick Network for Marvel Movie News. But we'll be back here next Sunday at nine for Marvel TV Weekly. Until then, Excelsior. Our founder Kevin Undergaro and me Maria Menounos would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.